0: The first time I got uh, first place, I was putting gas in the car, and I said, oh, "I'm going to stop this at twenty dollars." And without looking, I just let go of my fingers, and it stopped at twenty bucks. And I just proclaimed in the gas station, the QT, I said, "I'm fucking winning today." <laughs> and we proceeded to get in the car, and like six hours later, I won.
1: podcast hey welcome to the absolute Guard podcast this is episode 23 my name is benny and as always i'm joined by my co-host john who i just realized is not porter john or john toy on instagram he is a uh, porter john az <laughs> oh yeah yeah i forgot uh that rather porter john was
2: taken which that's not surprising i made my account like what last june or something so yeah well, long since taken but i'm all up on the uh the hive user wait actually hive is hive has a security breach now i don't know what social media is i <laughs> so
0: oh, how's yeah. it
1: going benny i'm doing good i'm doing good uh i went to the uh chris rock and uh, dave chappelle show yesterday that was great uh, i had a good time downtown with my wife uh yeah so that was that was a wonderful time uh it's nice to have sunday mondays off and when i saw when that was on a monday of all days i was like I'm going to this because I miss out on everything else that happens on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, So, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, did you like the concert? Or the, the show, rather? Yeah, yeah. I had a great time at the show. Just didn't like walking around downtown and just, you know, getting old. Back's, back's, <laughs> not, back's not
2: holding up like it used to. So, yeah. yeah, dude. I've been getting lower back pain on for,
1: like, other things, too. Jeez. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so who are we talking to today? Uh, today we are talking to Mr. SNK, a.k.a. Nico. Uh, this is basically like my oldest friend in the AZ FGC, um, met him on the, uh, sure. You can forums, uh, looking for just basically up in my game was Honda and he was, he was a frequent visitor in there. Uh, basically found out he was an AZ, you know, I think I briefly met him at my first EVO in 2011. And then, you know, when I moved down here in 2012, like, yeah, we got into a lot of rides down baseline all that kind of stuff going to going to hazes and uh round bets and stuff nice
2: nothing nothing creates more bonding experiences than fgc carpools and <laughs> i i've had a similar kind of relationship with Nico over the years where he's helped me like level up my game in a lot of different in a lot of different aspects of street fighter 4 in particular um, and in general like i got i learned a lot of like life lessons around competition from him and so i'm really excited to talk to him today so let's go ahead and bring him on What's up, Mr. SNK?
0: Gentlemen, John, Benny, it's uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'm uh, looking forward to shoot the breeze with some of you guys.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Nice. Uh, So uh, usually when we get a new guest on, this is your first time on the podcast. Hopefully we can get you back on some other time. Uh, We like to start and find out, like, what's the meaning behind your gamer tag? How did it start out? Like, is it something you created for yourself or was it bestowed upon you by somebody else?
0: Uh no this this was all me. So uh my favorite professional wrestler growing up was Mr. Perfect. Okay. So that's where the Mr came in and then you know TLDR Mr is a, a man of experience and expertise by definition. And then SNK, well I didn't grow up playing Street Fighter. I grew up playing King of Fighters, Metal Slug, uh, Fatal Fury, stuff like that. So like when I went to the you know the after school program for the bad kids uh, they had Fatal <laughs> Fury <laughs> for the Genesis. And I was like, oh, this is really fun. Like, I guess I like fighting games. So uh, Mr. Capcom just sounded like shit. And <laughs> Still does. <S-S-S-S-S-S-S-K>, S <laughs> So like all villains usually have like four or five letter names per se. So like the five letters just worked. It's easy. And it's. uh, What are I what I represent, you know, just. We want to have uh, a decent time, and we want to win.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason there's no Mr. Capcom, right? There's a Captain Commando.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Captain <Capcom>. Captain <laughs> Captain Commando. Yeah, like Captain Capcom. Like, no, nobody. There's no edge to it. It, it yeah. lacks backbone. I mean, yeah. my favorite Street Fighter <laughs> character is Sagat, right? So, yeah. Mr. Sagat, like. Yeah. So it's not gonna work. If <laughs> I put them, like my hand over my eyes to resemble an eye patch, like yeah. no, it's just it's not gonna work. I can't stand on a chair and like flex my biceps and maniacally laugh. Sorry. <laughs> so Mr. S and Kate is Nice, nice. So
1: I know from uh, you know, just, just being friends for a long time, like you uh, you and your brother really big gamers. So like when did you get started playing fighting games in particular?
0: Mm, I think we we're in vacation. We are on vacation uh in Florida of all places. I'm from the East Coast, spoilers. Um, and there was a Street Fighter 2 machine in a 7 Eleven, and that was probably gonna be like the second or third introduction I had to that side of the fence for uh fighting games, and I seen like do people our age years back like arguing with each other and like pumping into a machine yelling that's bullshit stop throwing me you know stuff like that <laughs> i was like oh this is really fun it's like a more violent chess so i was like okay I, I can i can learn something like this so that's that was sort of like the the hook but the the real line and sinker was i was playing a lot of uh cvs2 on xbox lag and then i went down i went down to golf land and then i was like sweet all right i get to play people and what really got me into it, and matter of fact, it, it got the ball rolling for a lot of things, was uh, I ran into Neil. I ran into Cigar Bob at Golfland playing CVS2. Okay. And now you know when you went to Golfland when Street 4 came out, how that was up front right when you yep. walked in. Yep. So now imagine when you walked in and it was CVS2 right up front. That's how long ago Uh, I got into this monkey business. And I practiced all of my combos. I learned how to link everything. I learned how to roll cancel. I learned how to do all of this stuff. And there I am. Like, okay, put my coins in. And there's this short, smug, like pudgy, bald bastard with a crappy attitude sitting there. Okay. So he beats the shit out of me. Like, clean, right? Like, character OCVs, all this other fun stuff. And then he has the nerve to tell me no matter, uh, no matter what you practice in training mode, if you can't implement it live, it's useless. And yeah. that was a huge eye-opener for me. Yeah, I get that. Uh, out of
2: curiosity, was it a, a head-to-head cabinet? Was it side-by-side? Side-by-side. Were you, were you on the same cabinet? Yeah, it was a side-by-side. Okay. So like you're you're in there then. Yeah. (laughs) You get to see the expressions on his face.
0: That's where I picked up like I don't know if you guys ever paid attention to a lot of my tournament play. I would always move my seat slightly back when I was playing someone side by side because I'm Mm -hmm. watching their inputs. Mm. So if like you think like, oh well he random reacted ultra that fireball, like no, I just watched you put in a fireball and I'm going to take advantage of that. So that's like the dirty stuff that the arcade taught me was like keep an eye on everything that's going on. Nice. Yeah.
2: How big was the scene for CVS2 at, at Golf Land back then? Was it Was it just Neil sitting on the cabinet
0: by himself, or were there other people playing? Was there a line? Um, I think by the time I got into it, it was at the the tail end of its life cycle. It was like 2003, 2004, so maybe like 10 or 15 people Ops. Nothing okay. Nothing was like, um, the, like Street Fighter 4. Boom. Sure. I think that's probably the best way I could put it.
2: And then what, what drew you to CVS 2 as opposed to um, the other games that were big at the time, like Marvel or Street, or Street Fighter 3?
0: Oh, it had SNK characters in it. There you go. That <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's was it. That's pretty straightforward.
2: Okay. Did you play a bunch of SNK characters in that game?
0: Mostly, yeah. I played like Hamru, um, um I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> yeah, but Rock Howard... No, I didn't play rock. No, Damn rock it. was ah. rock. Yeah, no, I rock played. Rock is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know that was um, that was probably like my first in yeah, first into like getting into competitive fighting, going to the tournaments, feeling like your hand shaking from such a good match. Because before everything <laughs> was casual, everything yeah. was like online. You know, like okay, cool, I'm just gonna do stuff. But when you when you get that first like true tremble from either excitement or fear or fatigue, because you use, you know, too many brain cells in a set. Like, <laughs> that's when it really kicks in. Like, Holy crap, I'm invested.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know me personally, like I never used to get, get nerves. And then like, I don't know, as I, as I progressed, like there were times where I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if like you said like i was just more invested as i got got deeper into things or what and i was just like all of a sudden like i'd be like man i need to like calm down like i need to breathe like yeah my hands are shaking after this after this win like whole you know it's just like the the benny clap thing like i would just you know pop off and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and i'm just like yeah and i'm like really into this stuff
2: it's definitely a function of like how much time you put into the game i think once you put in a certain amount of time you're like i gotta do good because i have to rationalize the time i put in i've got to I've yep. got to do the training mode combos that I have been What's practicing. What's the ROI over? on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah fair. Like that, that's an ROI. Like
0: that's it. And to answer your, like, your Benny, Benny's question on, like, the, the nerves bit, why do you think I always kept a flask in my jacket? <laughs> 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 oh,
1: did,
2: man. Did you ever find that, like, drinking... Did you think... Just, was drinking a power-up for you, or was it did it... Did it harm your play but still calm you down?
0: Like, so... At the time, I wasn't settled down and we were working like 60 hours a week and drinking on Tuesdays. So for me to have like a half a flask in the course of six hours on a Saturday just calmed my nerves. Like it just, you know, like when you take that first sip of a nice stiff drink and it just eases your, yeah, exactly. So like, it just like kills your nerves and makes you relax. That's what happened because the decision making was sharp the reactions were sharp there was no like i'm gonna fall asleep in the chair like no it was just to kill those nerves so my hand stopped shaking that's pretty much what it was excuse my dog's barking i think there's a terminator outside
2: <laughs> <laughs> can't even hear it um yeah. for for those who are listening on the audio portion of the feed i am currently drinking uh black sock black and gold sake gekikan sake chilled sake and i was like you know what if there's a if there's an episode to to have a drink on it would be the one with nico on it because <laughs> uh, nico you were known for your um your 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 uh sophisticated use of vices during play like you you, yes. you, you had a cigar on on you at all times you had a uh you had a uh you, like ever one of my first evos you gave me a whole bunch of uh was it ozo or Uzo Uzo, Uzo. yeah libations I had, yeah i had no idea what that was like i remember every evo used to also like have a like a a cigar, a cigar gathering. Like you'd all meet at a cigar shop and just shoot the shit too. Right.
0: Yeah. For, for many years. Um, It's not all business when you're going to tournaments. That's how you get burnt out and miserable. Plus like it's Las Vegas. If you think I'm going to sit in some sweaty convention hall for four days, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm sorry. (laughs) There's way too much trouble. Again, this is when I was like lifting weights and not married. So yeah, I'm not sitting in some convention hall for four days. Like, I've got things to do. I've got people to see. And yeah, like, are we gonna sit down and smoke cigars? You can ask um, Davies. Like one one day, we uh, we walked to Caesar's Palace, and I think I almost killed him. <laughs> he was he was like, oh man, like he was dying by the time we got there. So I average probably like seven to nine miles daily, given my uh, profession. Wow. So we're getting there and he's like, are we almost there? I'm dying. And I'm like, yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. So we finally get there. And he was like, this was worth this was worth a headache. We had fresh mojitos and like good cigars. And yeah. you look forward to that stuff. And it's funny how, John, you'd say that was like sophisticated or the, the use of um, vices. But what I do, if you take the suit off and you look back 50 or 60 years, it was very blue collar. Hmm. And it wasn't until the late 60s, early 70s when people started slapping suits on and smoking fat cigars that it picked up a new term as a luxury good. Like we're not we're not riding jet skis and hanging (laughs) out on yachts like we're smoking combustibles or smoking cigars and we're having a drink because we just got done working all day. And this is time to relax. So like when you get off of work and you have like that 45 minute window of like that work funk where you're still an asshole (laughs) <laughs> well you're going to sneak off and go do something before you come home to your family because those people actually love you and want to see you so why are <laughs> yep. you going to treat them like dirt because you had a, a basic day at work so like no we, we commit to our vices proper
2: <laughs> fair enough well yeah, to rewind the timeline a little bit here so you mentioned you played cvs2 and then um did you play any other games after cvs2 uh
0: no, I think from that point on, I started playing Counter Strike and some World of Warcraft. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was curious. Uh, like, uh, I was gonna say, like, I was curious, like, when you when you started, you said you were playing tournaments for CVS two and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, how are you? How was how are your results and how are you doing it? Oh, time horrible!
0: Absolutely horrible. <laughs> I didn't understand win conditions. I didn't understand purpose behind buttons. Setting things up, meaties. I didn't understand tournament play. I just understood showing up to play games and hope I do well. I gotcha. I didn't understand uh, tier lists. I didn't understand the importance of, again, like win conditions. So having a dramatic life lead, but not having the momentum to like pump the brakes or
1: just matchups. Like, do what order, it takes to win spread.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. <clears throat> so that really didn't make sense until. Probably like 2013, 2014, if we re- if I'm very honest, I didn't learn how to play Street Fighter until probably like 10 or 12 years in when it finally started to click, whether it was like you have know, like boxing or martial arts or wrestling uh, it's still considered, you know, a live action sport. And it really, it took me a long freaking time to understand how to think versus just playing. If that like, helps.
2: Are you talking about like your your relationship with your opponent and how to think around your
0: opponent? Or is it, or is it more like? No, so the opponent, the opponent tells the story as you're playing them. When you're showing up, for the most part, it's a one-player game uh, until that court deviates. And you have to, I guess, like, detour around it. But for the most part, it is a one-player game, and you need to make sure you're taking advantage of all of your options. I didn't know how to think like that until a couple years ago.
1: I gotcha, I gotcha. So... Um you said you went from you know CDs 2 and then like you were playing uh you said Counter Strike World of Warcraft mm-hmm. and then uh when did you kind of get back into into playing like fighting games after that?
0: Um we we played a lot of Virtual Fighter 5. Okay. And I think like I took a small break from playing Street Fighter cuz you remember like when vanilla Street Fighter 4 came out I had to deal with like Picking a bad character, whatever that's on me. So that whole like the bad character, yeehaw. I didn't pick the character with with the most options to win, and that's my fault due to preference. Again, thinking about playing to win, having the highest route or the fastest route to getting damage, the options to cover your opponent's options, like that was all on me. So if I were a true tournament player, when vanilla street fighter four came out, uh, I would've been playing Sagat, Akuma, <laughs> like I've been riding that tier list. Cause like now if I play league of legends, I pick top three characters on the meta. If I play overwatch, I'm picking top two characters on the meta based on the role. So it took me a long time to think like, Hey, how come when I play just about anything else or I, even in business i will take the strongest and best strategy to achieve my goals but when i play fighting games hello like you know head scratching <laughs> moment uh i pick a character that's fun and i'm comfortable with i'm like what's wrong with me yeah. <laughs> i i remember
2: like one of the first things you said to me during street fighter 4 era is uh when you play chess you play black and yeah like I took that at the time. I took that as like you know he's playing defensive. He wants to react to whatever his opponent does and deliberately seed uh, control, seed uh, tempo at the beginning of the match. But over time, I've I've kind of thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, is it more like you put yourself deliberately at a disadvantage by picking yes. a character like Honda?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because so um I still play Street Fighter Four here yeah. and there. You know, not full time, but. I recently started messing around with top tier characters and I went from losing to certain players to blowing their backs out just to show you the gap in skill because I went yep. from having uh crap options in fighting uphill battle to now there's uh Sifis pushing the boulder up the hill and not me. <laughs> <Yeah>. We're going <laughs> we're going to lots of greek today. <laughs> yeah. So it's their fault where like Never in my life have I had a grown man cry and tell me you counterpicked me. Like, that's what I started doing to people. I was like, wow, this is really easy. I have to put, put like, four weeks worth of, like, learning specific matchups into this, and then people crumble? Cool. Now, like, Benny would say, like, as a Honda player, like, we're predetermined to just eat shit and deal with it. (laughs) So... Uh you start picking up her crust like John you skipped the neutral and four with a bookie I you, played, you played a zero team so like yep. that's you know I would have, I'm not taking a jab at you it's an engineer's nope, thought process did. easiest path to victory like we're going to take this you're going to yeah. slip up I'm going to capitalize off of this and then it's your problem not mine like that took me years to figure out and like you just showed up and you're like hell hey I have an idea don't get knocked down
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah it was all about capitalizing on momentum and then uh, the, i will say though like with neutral it was i i, I do regret not learning neutral in the street fighter 4 era because um i learned quickly that if i just try to force my will on people over and over and over again against a good player um like they will eventually block that and then i have to fall back on something else but if i've put all my eggs in one basket as far as making sure all my vortex setups are tight it doesn't matter if i haven't knocked
1: them down <laughs> yeah 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 so, it was like yeah no i was gonna say like uh like i mentioned at the beginning like when i when i first moved here in 2012 um that's when the the has bets the ran bets down in um in levine were happening and uh yeah that's that's when me and nico like you know he'd freak i'd, I'd hit him up and be like hey you gonna come to the ram bets uh he's you know he's on the way and then you gotta take that long drive down baseline so I was just like well, I'll pick you <laughs> up and then you know we'll go take that 30 minute drive and like we had a lot of conversations and the uh, the one thing I always remember is like a lot of a lot of our talks weren't about like character matchups because you know like he said with Honda like you know we're, we're at a disadvantage with a lot of like the top tier matchups so a lot of the a lot of the talks and stuff that I remember was just about like the mental things right like play play the matchup like you know as you know the matchup but then like You know it was a lot of like mental things and how to like kind of break down your opponent uh things that you can do to kind of take advantage of their weaknesses and you know because the the matchup like in the character matchup you just you just have to deal with that like you know so somebody's gonna play ryu well okay this is gonna be a tough matchup or you know we had velociraptor in our scene Gokin. that matchup is hell and he'd be like yeah it's just like you know well you know you're gonna have to fight your way through this but you know, just just kind of keep in mind try to try to learn his timings, try to learn this and that and, he sent
0: infiltration stuff. to losers with that go kid. so like yeah, there was some serious work put into that
2: he was an innovator uh for that, for that character and I, I i feel the same way about about you mr s n k as far as the innovation around Honda and as as much as you say the characters is uh, uh handicapped you, like you were also at the forefront pushing the tech and 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 uh try and like the map playing the matchup as is, someone had to define what that matchup was out of the gates, right? Um uh, agreed. So, and I feel like uh you had a very large presence online with Shoryuken, sure and and hey, mm-hmm. you had all the sticky I think you were the mod of the e Honda Forum was, and you had the stickies, right?
0: I, I was there long enough to where I talked to the person, I think it was like Valaros running in. I was just like, Hey, can you like make me a mod for this so we can clean up the garbage and actually get something yeah. going? And I come from like information is very important. You know, if you're a scientist, like your mission statement is to share your information so mm-hmm. that everybody learns from it. So there was no hiding tech and we had to get in there. We had to grind it out. But it wasn't. I solely couldn't take the credit. If anything, I was more of a tuning fork to make mm. sure all of the information was front and center. Versus just getting lost in, um, you know, how forums used to work. Not everything is, you know, Discord and Facebook where you can just like press Control F and, <laughs> or if you can just find something and call it a day. Uh, a lot of good information would end up getting lost in message boards. And why do that or why subject uh, a very small crowd of people to something like that when we can have, everyone's thoughts and ideas front and center. So instead of just doing nothing about it, I opted to take charge as John said, and um, just get the show running because one person can only do so much. I can only play against so many people. I'm not going to learn everything, but if there's 30 of us and we're all sharing information, the workload just got cut down dramatically. So Again, like the middle management brain was like, how can we optimize this? And it went from like, you know, why am I going to do all this work when I can just pool everyone together and we can share resources?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me personally, like, yeah, that that accelerated my growth a lot because like when I look back at like when I first started playing, you know, playing competitively in 2000, uh, yeah, was that 2009. Yeah. And then I don't even remember. I'd have to go look back to see when my first like, sure, you can post was, but I was like, you know, like, uh, like my story goes, like, I went to my first tournament, I got second place, right? And I got bodied by a geef. I didn't know how to deal with that. But I was, like, you know, I was happy with myself, right? And then we had ran bets later that fall, and I got humbled. I was getting beat by these people that were doing, like, the most simple things. Like uh, They were doing, like, uh, like I was losing to a Ken player that would do, like, jump roundhouse and sweep. Like, that was a two-hit combo, and I was, like, losing constantly to, like, this player. And I was just, like, how do I get better because, like, I don't feel I should be losing to stuff like this. Like this guy's not even doing FADC combos. Like, you know, like he's not doing advanced stuff. Like I'm losing to real basic,
0: basic stuff. And how to basic Street Fighter 4.
1: Yeah. So like when I, you know, so when I went out and like started, you know, to search for that kind of stuff and I found the forums and, you know, I found like all this information, matchup knowledge, like, man, there was, there was so much stuff. Like he said, like he was fine tuning stuff. Like there was, character specific combos that i didn't know about and like i ended up using some of those even like as i progressed as a player like um like one of my favorite favorite memories back in alaska was uh i had made like the we had started a playoff for, format for the for our ran bets, right that was something that i really wanted to push forward and I had made it into those playoffs and i got to play weirdo neo and he was sandbagging shit out of me like he played mm-hmm. like chun Li at first and i was just like man you're not even gonna like, let me play your jury like really bro <laughs> like he, he was sandbagging me for the first couple of matches then finally i'm like you know on the cusp of like potentially winning this set it was like a single elimination set and then he switches the jury and like there was a, there was a situation in there where i got like a like a very specific jury combo where like i could link the uh the sumo smash and I was just like, I just remember the reaction. Like I had, I had the clip saved somewhere, but I just remember the reaction from the crowd and everybody's like, holy shit, like that works. And they're just, mm-hmm. and, you know, right then I was just like, I was like, this is all the stuff that I've been learning. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is like, for me, that was like a huge moment for me to like progress to that point to like where I was applying all that like character specific knowledge that I knew. And I bet um, you it felt good too. Yeah. It felt amazing. I mean, I ended up losing cause like me and my, galaxy braid reads always wants to go ochio somebody and i and i lost to that so i was like (laughs) but uh you know just just kind of getting to that point like you know gaining the knowledge and then actually like applying that you know from where i started like that was like a huge turning point for
0: me it's like the fourth month of going to the gym when you start finally (laughs) seeing the results or after drawing for a couple of months and you get to see your progress that's that's where it was at for the longest time, like, uh, especially for me. Sorry, John, I didn't mean to steal the thunder from you here. Um, Getting to see the progress and then, you know, going on with like the tournament thing. I didn't win a Street Fighter 4 tournament for God knows how many, how many years. I was like the king of third place. And like, it took a psychiatrist to figure out why that was happening. <laughs> Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, I I I uh
2: I didn't really have a ton to say there. I I I do want to highlight the dichotomy of, of of the Honda player, where like you said, you have this the the science and the pre work that comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have the cerebral aspect of it and the 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 reads and and the uh, the opponent conversation or storyline, as you put it. And so I I'm curious about like back then, you know. Compared to now and back, then, so back then, which did you weigh higher? Did you weigh the pre- the pre work higher, or the science part more, or the or the read based style?
0: Uh, the science part more. Okay. Uh, the science part definitely uh, more. The read based style now as a player works wonders because I have experience to back it up. Mm-hmm. But you have to, you can't skip the process, so you have to do the science and the pre work before you can get to that stage. So before it was understanding like off of a forward throw, pressing stand roundhouse and then jumping in or after the back throw, pressing crouch medium punch and then jumping in and understanding these are my safe jump options. Do they have a three frame reversal? I can't do that. What should I do after this? Okay, take a small step forward, crouch short and then medium sumo splash to beat the option. So you can't. You can't just, I don't want to say just learn that because that sounds obnoxious, but you mm. have to put, the you have to do the pre-work. You have to sit there and spend hours practicing these things. And then once you have the base down, then you can start uh, layering on top of that foundation, which is where the psychology comes in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's a great point that you bring up. Cause like safe jumps was something that was completely foreign to me. Like there were people in my local scene that knew about that kind of stuff. And, you know, they would use it against me. Like Ryu had a real specific forward throw safe jump Mm -hmm. and like, it would always kill me. And I'm just like, you know, so when I started looking through those forums, I'm just like, what does Honda have that's similar to this? Or, you know, that's like this. And I learned like the back throw safe jump and it's crazy. Like, much you know your your matchup of your specific character like you know you don't people don't know a lot of that stuff right like it's you know it's kind of crazy to expect everybody hey john do you know that this is a safe jump let me see it. let me test your knowledge right like mm-hmm. it's a knowledge check and it's just like uh you know uh implementing that like I, I think i even tried that when i played daigo at evo like i did a back throw and then i was just like all right i don't want to do the safe jump and then i was just like i think i messed it up and then i was just like but you know the thought process is there because it's something that i learned like like uh like Nico said, I mean, sure, probably Daigo, of all people probably knows that. But I mean, who knows? Like maybe he doesn't and maybe yeah. I gain an advantage, you know, and I get a read at that point. And it's like, OK, he doesn't know that this is a safe jump.
2: Yeah, there's a bluffing you know I mean? aspect to it, too, where it's like, you know, I, I presented three different safe jumps to you and the fourth one is not a safe jump, but you can, you know, I can I can trick them based on the pattern that I've already shown. You've them been conditioned. The, just, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I. I... I, I roughed him up too, actually, now that I think about it, because he was playing Yun, right when uh right when the twins were uh terrorizing everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost sent him back, and it was like last game, last round, and it was the same yeah. thing. It was like, yo, you play a crappy character. And I was like, To you, I don't know, yeah. I I play the best character in the game. I'm ignorant, I'm stubborn, these <laughs> are my choices. I just have to outthink you, and that's sort of you know with the the therapy bit you can't just throw time and money at stuff and expect it to go away which is kind of how i was raised like oh i'll just muscle through this or look at this giant bowl of food i'll just chew through that or something broke well why learn how to fix it i'll just pay somebody to do it so uh after a while <laughs> you just have to suck it up and paint the wall or you know change your toilet or put the (laughs) dishwasher in because you just have to learn how to do these things. So that was uh, the irony behind this uh, segue is the first time I got uh, first place, I was putting gas in the car and I said, I'm going to stop this at $20. And without looking, I just let go of my fingers, and it stopped at twenty bucks. And I just proclaimed in the gas station, the QT. I said, "I'm fucking winning today." And we <laughs> proceeded to get in the car, and like six hours later, I won.
2: <laughs> Very cool.
0: That's kind of nice. that's kind of how that happened. But anyhow, I'm I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we could probably do this for hours. It kind of sucks that I have to dip.
2: I'll what, be back um, for sure.
0: Out, out of the yeah. uh,
2: well, so the first tournament that you won, do you remember what year that was? Or like what
1: game I that was? I think it
0: was twenty twelve. Okay. Um, the first time I win, I won. Excuse me. Um, and so that I was after was... all the nerfs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like that's that's the irony behind it. Um, I was playing Abe, and it's the tournaments that count. Because like if if nobody yeah. shows up and you win a tournament. To me, that doesn't mean shit. I'm sorry. You're just, you're basically a janitor at that point, just mopping up. So that doesn't count as a tournament win. Um, sure, on paper, it says first, but no threat was yeah. there. So exactly. like you could just look at the bracket and say, um, I'm going to point in the bracket. This person's going to win because they <laughs> are. And nine out of ten times, you're right. Um, I just got out of gallbladder surgery And remember this. Yeah. And Abe sent me to losers. And I got so angry. I think I went outside and I smoked I smoked two cigars because like there was no hihan about it. I was just pissed. And I was like, this guy don't know how to play the character. He's just doing dumb shit. Why am I losing to this? This guy is trash. And I like completely psyched myself out. And because you have to trash talk. That's just it's I have a sports background so Yeah. He wasn't trash, obviously, but for myself, I was like, I'm losing to a lesser opponent. This is bullshit. I'm not going to have it. And this is what's going through my little, you know, pea brain. And then I come inside and uh it's time to fight for losers finals. And I looked and it was Ernesto or Crazy EX and I said, uh, you're not beating me today. And I pummeled him. And then it was time to play Abe. And I said, Good luck. And I shook his hand and then I three won him the first time. And he said, you have any more like tricks in your bag? And I said, no, I'm just getting warmed up. And then hey. I three won <laughs> him right after that. And he said, what change? And I said, everything. Have a good night. And then I left. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was probably looking for some kind of explanation and you gave yeah. him absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's I, I, great.
0: Everything changed like that's that's what happened. And no, it was, it was going outside. It was analyzing the matchup. It was like throwing my feelings in the trash because that was probably the reason why I lost in the first place because I respected somebody who was literally just mashing plus on block dive kicks. Like, no, (laughs) that's not how we win matches. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. It's time to be cold. It's time to be calculated. And uh, this is important for me because I lie to myself most of the time about certain things. When I said I was gonna win that wasn't a lie and I was holding myself accountable so yeah everything was on the line for me because I actually put myself in a corner and applied real pressure real world pressure to myself and like that outcome was not going to change yeah that, that
2: reminds you like I don't know if you're a big Dragon Ball fan but they recently uh or not recently a while back they brought Frieza back and then Frieza had a new golden golden transformation, <laughs> and the expl universe explanation was, well, I never had to try
0: before, but now I've actually got okay, to put in so, the work. <laughs> well, no, so it's funny that you say that, because when I was a little kid, my brother used to call me a sore winner ah. and a level nine computer, because a lot of things are just effortless. You just learn fast, and then you get on with your day. You know, it was like when you were going to school, and they were like, oh, you're special. You know, you do this stuff fast. like no i just learn a little bit faster probably from like adhd or something like that yeah yeah. then you run into real competitors and you're like fuck i have to work for this wait really and that was that moment where it was like yeah oh yun has a five frame dragon kick cool i can save jump that okay uh he keeps doing this after a throw he backdashes twice after he does his far punch? Okay, he'll do two jabs and either command grab, or if you go to do something, he'll just drag and kick you. All right, I understand what's going on now. I'm actually applying myself and reading everything. So yeah, no, that Golden Frieza thing. Because Golden Frieza, if you watch that whole tournament of power, he's also middle management. He's just making sure things are going <laughs> smooth. So yeah, like you're kind of right, John. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to play. We'll call you yeah. Golden Frieza for now. Yeah, that, that works. that Golden SNK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's because I I very rarely, I'm very, very fortunate um, from my upbringing that there's a lot of things that I just pick up on. So when it comes to trying and putting an effort, I'll admit I suck at it because I'm a a Cliff Notes guy. I don't have time for all of this shit. I'll just, I'll learn on the way, and then I'll flip through my Cliff Notes. I don't even know if they use Cliff Notes anymore. I'm kind of dating myself here. Yeah, no, I think
1: it's like Spark. It was Spark Notes for a little bit, and then I don't know what it is. It was
0: just like, go grab the small little yellow book. It's going to give yeah. you all of the vital information you need, and then learn the rest along the way. That's kind of... Mm. I think for the modern era, that's called Twitter.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, on one thing I wanted to bring up, too, is that, uh, like... I think what happens oftentimes is uh, so forgive me for trying to interpret this story a little bit, but you basically, uh, you know, you were playing a certain way and you were letting him get away with a lot of different things because you were trying to play the matchup by the, by the book. Right. And then after a while you try to like, when you, when you calm down and you, and you narrow down specific aspects of the book that you could exploit, that's when you found some success. And, uh, to, to go like kind kind of a therapy way too. uh, I frequently coined that as getting out of your own way where yes. you are psyching yourself out by anticipating and respecting them as you put it or anticipating mm-hmm. a specific outcome. And then when you don't get that outcome or like when you feel like your opponent has an unfair advantage against you, you essentially block out a lot of those little details that you ordinarily would be like picking up on during the picking match. Up on.
0: Correct. Yeah. If right. I, yeah. if I believe it long enough, then uh, I'll also believe the bullshit too. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I have a friend that I've been playing Street Fighter with recently, and he's he's coming back after a long, long break. Excuse me. And uh, uh, there were a couple times like he jumped at me and then I, I anti-aired him. And I, I caught him in the side of my eye. He was shaking his head whenever he got anti-aired. and I was like, "Why are you shaking your head?" Because it's like you have to jump at me still, because otherwise you're letting me take that option away from you. Yes. and I always think of that as a, as an idea of he's getting in his own way there. And eventually, he's just like, "Yeah, you're right. I can I can jump when I want to." <laughs> yeah. And then when you have that autonomy to play, that gives you that gives you the freedom to kind of adapt more more freely. I think you're playing looser. You're playing the way you want to play.
0: And it, well, it, no, that's that's exactly it um i just recently had a first to seven not the one that i just lost like a couple two days ago but excuse me um a couple of weeks ago and uh i think the my opponent won like the first two or three matches and i was like wait i'm not playing the way i normally play so i started being a prick and abracadabra uh <laughs> he went from you know just running running the street with me to uh being afraid to press buttons and like you said you know i wasn't jumping i wasn't doing all of these outlandish things and i was like wait that's his problem not mine so i just started playing my game so i i completely get it there's the i had the shaking the head moment i had the punching punching the arcade stick i had the the self blame i had all of those steps but on that third or fourth match that all went out the window because i said it's time to win (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: one of the interesting things of, you know, having, having a friend and, you know, somebody that was going to tournaments with me that played the same character was, like, for me, like, he was always the gauge. Like, I would, you know, however, however he would play the match, like, you know, I'd, I'd watch intently, kind of see how he handles it. And, like, I think every place we went to, I think, I think you outplaced me. I mean, even, like, the first tournament or the first round that we went to, I got third, but I lost to, to you and Latif. And like you played Ryu against me, and I was just like, yeah, of course he's I know, I just, that yeah, because... I'm just
0: gonna counterpick you. I was yourself, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, you know, and it's just one of those things. But it's just like I was always curious because, like, um eventually later in the life of of uh, Street Fighter Four, we we you know we both ran into the the buzz saw that was Mocha, mm-hmm. And at one point, like, oh man, SN, SNK I K was calling you said... me. Yeah, he he called. Me, he he was like, you're the best Honda in this state now because I could beat him. Yeah, but. He never beat him and it always kinda like just kind of blew my mind it was like, what am I doing differently that I'm
0: I'm actually like being better than, than him in this match. Well, so here's the funny story about this. I actually watched what you were doing and stole all of the tech. And guess what happened when I ran into him next time? The man said, <laughs> I got haunted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what because I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing wrong? And it turned out, like, all Dudley players just were fishing for counter hits and buffering everything. Yep. And with your play style, whether you're just like, okay, I'm just going to point blank headbutt you for no reason, and then I'm going to command grab you because you think I'm going to headbutt again. I was like, that motherfucker's onto something. <laughs> all right. And I remember to this day, because, again, I did the research, uh, I blocked an overhead and ultra him. And yeah. the look on his face, so I was like, "Hey, your move's negative four, pal, and mine comes out in, like zero plus one. I don't know what to tell you. We five hundred damage. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that's
2: a punish." That's <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: and like it was switched to it was two half circles instead of a seven twenty. So I'm sitting there like a little kid with crayons, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just jamming away and like punching, like, because uh, after a while, I stopped using the three, uh, I stopped pressing all three buttons and just switched over to three punch and three kick because now I only have to press one button versus three. So I removed the EX move coming out and I removed the chance for an input error. So when I was sitting there like mashing, because I was maniacally mashing away, I was staying block and I'm pretty sure I put in like seven or eight half circles (laughs) and I pressed that three punch button like 14 times because they were just like, I'm not losing to this guy today. And it was like a big thanks to you because you simplified it. And I don't yeah. want you to take that into a any like I don't want you to take that as an insult. I want you to take it as like a deep-rooted compliment from me that you simplified something that as much as I looked at the situation and the scenario, I could not figure out. And you just came in and were like, this is all you have to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, we talked I'll about be. that
1: with uh with uh with Rock, you know, early on when we when we interviewed him in terms of like uh sometimes you just gotta do like that kind of random shit, like you mm-hmm. know the uh, oh, why would you DP here of all places? Well, you know, because because that's what I want to do, right? you know, and that's that's kind of like like uh, I think the way I explained it was like I felt I was at a disadvantage with every situation with him, right? Like he was um, mm-hmm. better at execution, he's better at footsies, he's better at anti-airs, like, he, you know, pretty much across the board. You like put him on any, a pedestal. Yeah, if you did a tail of the tape, like, you know his side is all green, my side is whatever, red or whatever, and I'm just like well, you know He's going to beat me in everything here, like the whatever, the technical aspects and stuff.
0: Let me throw that all out of the window. And yeah, like you said, just kind of simplify it. That's that's what I did. Ernest, I don't know who talked this poor guy into it, but he wanted to first attend me for a 100 bucks. (laughs) And I know what he does because he's a robot. He's the closest thing our state would have to a Japanese player. He just executes, executes, executes like I'm going to pick a high offensive character and I hope you can block all of this. Good luck. Well, I strive against high offensive characters because I play somebody who's a brick wall like this worked for me. So he's like, yeah, man, first to 10 for 100. I was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? Like I lost 100 bucks to Abe, so I already want Tucson money. Right. So I'm going to give you a chance to like take this back. Like, are you sure you want to play me? Yeah, man. You know, like, Abe can beat you. I'm like, there's a bit of a difference there, but are you (laughs) sure? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." So then, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. So I call Rick, call Rick Dog over and I'm like, coach me. He's like, yeah, sure. So like, I went from having like a 70, 75% chance of winning to like a 95% chance because (laughs) Rick was, whatever that man applies himself to, he's good at. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, when he wakes up in the morning, he pisses excellence. That's just Rick in a (laughs) nutshell. So he's coaching me through all this, and uh, this whole long spiel is to get to, there were certain points of the match where he was like, okay, tighten up and play strong. And then other like points of the match, he was quoting Tropic Thunder on how I should play. <laughs> what,
2: what was that? What was that quoting? Exactly? I'm not going to say it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not going to say it.
2: Well, yeah. just a heads up, we are running a little bit on low on time for you here. I, I think we wanted to be done by six. And so I wanted to ask you, are there any, any shout outs or anything you wanted to, to make or anything you wanted to promote uh, on the way out here?
0: Uh, I'm not going to look to promote too much. Uh, I will say uh, shout outs to GRG. Uh, the one person that's listening will definitely know. And um, happy name day. Uh, anyone else uh, named Nick out there? It's um Eastern European don't celebrate their birthday, they celebrate a name day. So, like, oh. today's my name day. Oh, and uh, that's gonna be it. I would like to thank both of you uh, for the opportunity to sit here and come down and chit chat. I didn't think I was gonna have this much fun. Like, <laughs> uh, I thought it was gonna be work because I've done like one or two of these in the past and like the the guys that were interviewing me, I'm pretty sure I would have like rather watched paint dry or like got nailed <laughs> that by my wife. Like it was that much enjoyable. Like I was like, <sighs> yeah. but, uh, I will be back. I just want to say thank you. I had a lot of fun. And, uh, next time I'll make sure I like open up my schedule a bit more instead of running around and doing like 50 freaking things on a Tuesday. Fair yeah, enough. I got you. Wait, GRG. Is that, uh, Game recognized game. Nope. No, it's uh, it. It doesn't have a translation in English, so. Oh, OK. okay. Yeah, it's actually Greek.
1: Yeah. So uh, I gotcha. Got yeah, you. it just
2: works. Yeah. I, I want to talk. I want to talk cerebral gameplay with you and how to have that conversation, how to have that storyline and how to pick that apart in a, in a pool match or something in the future.
0: That Absolutely. A, no, count please me come in. Back. <laughs> no, I almost <laughs> certainly will. Like, see me when six comes out oh yeah yeah because i already i already told my wife i said i'm probably going to teach one of the kids how to play but um expect my spare time within reason yeah be clicking buttons in the office like sorry not sorry
2: (laughs) yeah i got you. very cool well you have a a good night man it was good talking to you yeah good talking to you bro
0: be well stay safe out there have a good one cheers cheers so Yeah, this
2: is our first uh, time where we've actually had a guest leave in the middle of our show. And so now we get to kind of react to everything we just talked about where I I had a little point about your mocha story, Benny, um, as Mm. far as like uh, to kind of stick with that theme about getting out of your own way, where I've seen a lot of times where um, I think of the way to put this like you mentioned that that Nico always out, out outplaced you in tournaments right so it, it's, yeah. it's kind of safe to say that that he was uh, the the stronger player at that game in particular right
1: yeah for, yeah
2: for sure and one thing i've seen happen and i'm guilty of this too is you know i don't want to learn from anybody who's not better than me and yeah. i up until like i would even say up until the last like 2 years or so or even possibly this most recently this past year like i have been thinking a lot about that and like the, you'll often learn things from people that are that are um uh, uh, uh on a like a lower tier than you as far as skill goes uh and You'll 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 basically like loop like get yourself in a in a in a in a vortex where you, you just like are thinking about all these different options and whatnot. And oftentimes you just need somebody to knock you out of that and find the simple answer. And yeah. but the problem is that if you don't accept that that input from other people, from, from a wider variety of people, and you close it off to a very small group of top players and you just mimic what they do, you're going yeah. to miss a lot and you're not going to um you're not going to see some of the, like the lower level play in, in street fighter five, for example, like there's diamond level play. And oftentimes I just learn stuff from the diamond players. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I, I think that that's actually really good. It might need some refining, but I can actually make this work for me. And that seems like a, a like a textbook example with your mocha story where you basically shown a light on a weakness that mocha had that you didn't that, that nico wasn't able to pick by himself and if he had a huge ego he wouldn't have been able to like apply that because he'd have been like ah that was a fluke it would really been really easy to just yeah. to just write it off and be like oh, i was a fluke and he like it he, what's the the number one thing i always hear differently is, is uh how come you play differently against me than you do against this person <laughs> that's the that's the number one excuse
1: i hear from somebody that just doesn't want to learn you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that brings up a good point because, like, yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of players, like, when it comes to learning, right, they look for those top players, and that's, you know, that's all they want to gain knowledge from, right? Oh, well, who's the best, who's the best Rufus player? Oh, it's Justin Wong and Ricky Ortiz. I'm going to copy everything that they do, and, you know, this other guy, he's not on our level, so, you know, I'm going to disregard anything that, you know, any kind of matches I see with him because, like, you know, he's not, he's not something that I think I can gain valuable information from. Yeah, it's it's and, awfully utilitarian in that fact, in that aspect, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and 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 I mean, we've we talked about that with uh, with Rock too, in terms of like, uh, you know, he super high praise for Mocha, right? I think you know both of us too, right? Super high praise for Mocha and like the kind of player that he is, in terms of like execution, footsies, all that kind of stuff. And, but then, like you brought up that point too, that it becomes uh somewhat of a of a detriment to your gameplay too because you're so mechanical, right? Like well, you're like, you know, you're able to be maybe read a little bit more easily because it's just like, well, if I do this, like this is gonna be the outcome pretty much all of the time, right? He's gonna throw this out, then he's gonna, you know, like Nico's saying, like he's gonna hit this normal and buffer into this. I'm gonna take this damage, right? right? So how do I how do I, you know, get around that? And it's just like, well, I know he wants to do this. So now let me let me let me you know let me change up the formula. Let me let me change what I do. And then see what happens after that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I used to think, so even that has like a degree of mechanical aspect to it, where you're like, you know, you're still, it's, it's like that quote from The Matrix, where I think, I think Morpheus has taught uh, Keanu Reeves, or um, Neo how to um, uh, 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 do Kung Fu. And he's like, you need to learn the rules before you can break them and all that that science behind like figuring out what the matchup is and what they're going for and how they're trying to play the match matchup textbook like you have to know that stuff so you can defend against it the first couple times but after a while you don't want to take that shit over and over again you know you don't want to keep letting them put put you in the 50-50 or the 30-30-30 you want to find ways to to create new situations and force them to adapt
1: yeah exactly i mean that's that's the that's the whole wake up ochio mentality i had at times was just like well what's what what does he think my wake up game is well he probably thinks it's going to be block tech or headbutt or sumo smash like those are pretty much like the four options like he probably never thinks that i'm going to wake up command grab because who the hell does that and i was like well you know what i do that and like here you go and he's just like you know I, there's there were times like you know i'd play with him and, like yeah i kind of see that kind of like real back and i'm just like oh yeah, I got, I got, that got into his head. Like, you know, he wasn't expecting that. So it's just like, you know, it's kind of like breaking down the computer or something like that, right? You're just like, you did something and all of a sudden, like, you know, the robot, like the sparks are coming out of his head and it's like, oh yeah, I've been there now. Like, yeah. <laughs> You've reached the limit of the
2: AI. It doesn't know how to, it can't be trained anymore, but when, it can't be trained by Benny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Like the, it, it took me a long time to really get to that. Where like um, with, with four in particular, I actually used to hide behind a lot of the Vortex setups because I was like, I need to break this down into a cross up or a, a, basically a, just an ambiguous cross up. Every time, I remember Armando once said, like, when Muji plays, all he ever wants to do is look for a 50 50 in any game. He just wants to look for a 50 50. <laughs> and I, I, I realized over time, I'm like, the reason why I want that 50 50 is because I don't want to put myself in the guessing situation where I have to guess on their offense because if I guess wrong, people are going to think poorly of me people are gonna think that i'm not a good player because i don't have that that mental game or whatever and in reality yeah. it's like well you know it, it's i think uh thrasher actually helped me out a lot with street fighter 5 where um i want i want to say there are t- like there there are certain things that just piss people off and there are certain <laughs> things that people don't want to get caught caught doing like there are things that hurt more when you get hit by them so like a shimmy in street fighter 5 is a really good example or getting hit Mm -hmm. by a wake-up ultra is another really good example um where like the whole take the throw theme for the take the throw meme for street fighter 5 it's like people decided they wanted to take the throw not because it was numerically advantageous or matchup wise advantageous it was because they just didn't want to get shimmied because then the audience would go oh My god, you got red. Like, getting shimmied and whiffing a throw and getting punished for it hurts way more than the average, uh, than the average like outplay versus like, oh, I got frame trapped and I hit a button, I got counter hit. And then in reality, it's like, no, those options are still fundamentally the same. And it's the same thing as my friend who they when he jumps, it's like, you know, like you, you can't let them take that option away from you. That's where the take the throw meme happens, and it's like, well they're just throwing me over and over again. And I'm going to be stubborn and take the throw because I don't want to be humiliated in shim- getting hit by a <laughs> shimmy, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's a great point too. Cause like, yeah, uh, like that was, that was probably like the biggest thing that I, that I, I think I ended up doing that too. Cause it's just like, <laughs> I was so susceptible to shimmies early on. And like, it was so frustrating because it's just like, you know, my options are limited and I'm like, okay, so what can I do here? And I was like, okay, well, I'll whiff this throw or, you know, I think he's going to throw. And then like, yeah, I get shimmied. And then I was just like, okay, well, I'm still in the corner. I just took a whole ton more damage. And now I'm back at the same place where I was. So like, you know, I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah. It's I a mean, big, big mental thing to deal with.
2: Yeah. But that's the thing is you're, you're also weighing the, weighing the numerical and, uh, advantages and disadvantages going for that throw tech. Right. And being yeah. like, if you understand that versus. You know, I think for lower level play, a lot of times it's just about not being embarrassed. It's about not being like, hey, I don't want to get caught with my pants down taking this throw. And in reality, it's the same thing as a frame trap. It's the same thing as getting jumped in on. Um, yeah. And, and more importantly, if you don't, if you let them take those options away from you, then they are just going to
1: throw you to death <laughs> because why, yeah. why, why bother otherwise? You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, going back to the the Mocha thing too. Like you know, like I said, like he was a machine when it came to anti airs, right? Like it's it's like he knew his anti airs, whether it was the 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 DP or whether it was like a normal anti air. Like he knew his spacings and everything. So like you know, I had to find ways around that, like using using uh, uh, jump normals that maybe I wouldn't normally use to kind of throw off like you know either the the hit boxes or whatever or. Because uh, even, like, the uh, what they call the stop sign, the, the floating fierce, like, you know, the neutral jump fierce, like, he, would, he was getting to the point that where he was taking that away from my game, and I was just like, well, if he takes away that, then, like, here I am fighting a grounded game against a guy that, you know, is that much better than me on the ground. So it's just like, like you said, I had I have to take back that, that option in a way, so I had to find a way around that instead of just, you know, conceding that and being like, you know what, I can't jump in on this guy, you know. I just looked at it as like, well, I got to jump in, but I just got to do do different things. Whether it was a, a jump, jump jab, or a jump like medium punch, or you know, something just something weird to kind of throw off. Like, whether I because I don't know whether he's reacting to my buttons or whether he's reacting to like the visuals of me jumping and the normal that's coming out and the spacing. Like, you know, there's so much so much to think about in that in those kinds of situations. It plays really nicely
2: into that concept of a mental stack. I think that's where like mm-hmm. um, you know. It, if someone's anti-airs are really crispy and you jump at them over and over again the the cost is you ate that damage and again you shouldn't eat the ego damage but a lot of people do yeah. but then what you really gain out of that is data that they are watching the air to anti-air you and in reality that opens up other options and so your way of you're basically brute forcing it and trying to be like okay so if that option is not viable anymore i need to find another one versus just letting him so like with an anti air it's like okay so if they're watching the sky they're likely going to be vulnerable to a dash you know they, they yeah. aren't watching they aren't watching the ground or at the very least they aren't watching to whiff punch something so maybe i can stick out buttons instead and you can't yeah. do you can't do all of it at once you can't play that mechanical because no like no one's a true robot you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i could talk about yeah. fighting game theory and neutral game for days yeah, for sure. i'm really excited to have to have nico back on some at some point <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate we had to cut things short, but I mean, yeah, it it happens. Like he said, he's a he's a busy guy. Like I I understand that whole aspect too. And he's got he's got younger kids. Me, I have the more independent older kids. So it's just like, hey, I'm gonna go podcast, and they're just like, okay. And then you know they're in their rooms doing their own thing.
2: <laughs> well, one thing that I've been trying to work into our podcast for a while is like I'm not a I'm not a competitive card game player by any means, and my my experience has only ever been Legends of Runeterra. Um, mm-hmm but i I learned a lot about fighting game uh like the the big difference between and, and, and Nico alluded to it earlier with League of Legends where it's you just play the best character that fits the role that you're playing right and mm-hmm. over time and like for like decks like uh like card game decks, it's kind of the same thing where it's like I have you know I have a a way I want to play whether it's aggro or control or uh, big a big combo deck or something right and then it's just about. It's just about, like, eventually every deck ends up turning into a meta deck anyway. uh, Because over time you make changes to it and it eventually becomes, like, the top tier deck that you can copy and paste from the internet. And I know you come from a Hearthstone background as well. And so I was curious about, um, like, what kind of deck do you like to play? And
1: is there a way we can draw a parallel with that with the fighting games and the characters (laughs) you choose? Uh, It's kind of funny you bring that up because, like, it almost comes into, like, the whole character selection thing. Because, like... I'm a real stickler for like not. I don't. I don't. I try not to look up anything in terms of like decks or top tier decks. Like I'm not necessarily concerned with with the winning aspect. Like that's great, but it's more about kind of like forging my own path, right? So it's kind of it's kind of like what Nico was talking about in terms of like, well, I could have picked Sagat, and that would have been the best option in vanilla. You know, he's got the best damage, the best health, whatever. And like, there's a lot of situations where like um i'm basically kind of like learning on the fly so i'll lose a lot right i'll I'll go through i'll I'll look at the cards i'll I'll make a deck based on something that i like to do or just kind of the way that i want to play and then like i'll see it lose to something stupid and i'm like okay and then you know and you know in in playing card games you run into the like you said you run into the same stuff a lot right Mm -hmm. well if i see a certain hero or whatever and i am like okay well they're probably going to play this and you know I don't know seven times out of ten yeah they're playing the same thing that everybody else is playing that's out there on the internet yeah. i'm just like oh this is so lame and like uh like really the only things i really look up is kind of like ways to counter that or like you know um it's funny like i'll just look up like is this deck op why does everybody play this or something like that and just kind of see like what people's opinions are about how to deal with it yeah and then i'll try to forge counters that way like i don't uh, necessarily I- be like you know well I'm gonna go play this too, just because everybody else does it. Like right. I just, I, I've just always been against that because there was a big, um, big part of the meta back in Hearthstone. Um, I don't know. I want to say like four years ago, um, it was called Crystal Core, okay. and it was played by the the Rogue class, and it was part of like these new quests that they had to do. Like you activate this quest card, you do these certain conditions, and then like all of your cards would become uh, five fives, and like every Rogue, like everything that I ran into like everybody was playing that and I made it a point to like never play that even to this day. Like I run into it even now and like I'm, I'm real petty. So like if I lose or after I beat a player like that, I'll try to message them. And like, um, I don't know if you've been on battle net, but in order to message somebody, they have, you have to request them as a friend and sure. then they have to accept it. And then you have, and then you can send a message. You can't just rant, you know, blatantly send the message like on Xbox or whatever. Sure. So like, i'll send out that request if i beat them and then uh like i said i'm kind of petty they'll they'll accept it and i'll be like it's 2022 and you're still playing crystal core like oh, come on man. man like really you're like, one of those guys okay <laughs> yeah, and i'm just like i'm just like i don't know just like it it like eats up my core to see people like play stuff like that And just like i don't know that's just me when it comes to like card games that's the fascinating part about that though is that
2: uh, what I found it with with Runeterra is that there were always meta decks, right? And then it would end up being like a, a, a rotation between like, you know, this deck beats that deck, which then beats that deck, which loses to that deck. And you just have a rock, paper, scissors over and over again. But what happened is those decks not aren't necessarily like God decks. They just happen to be the best decks that counter a core group of... They just have the best matchup spread, ultimately. But then they yeah. still have counter picks. And so... I feel like from how you just described it, you're basically like, okay, I need to figure out how to beat the top tier deck. I don't necessarily need to have a deck that beats every other deck. I just want to beat that one thing, which is yeah. similar to Honda in a lot of ways where <laughs> Honda loses to top tier, but he, he shits all over some of the lower tier characters or he has some really exactly. polarizing matchups. And that's really yeah. fascinating because you're choosing not necessarily to play top tier, but you are choosing to, uh, uh, you're choosing to acknowledge the weaknesses of your deck or your character but still yeah. be willing to take those wins from the people that
1: are that are just taking the easy way out, so to speak, and playing Sagat, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, because that's just like, I don't know. For me, like, I don't know. that. To me, that takes a lot of the joy. Like, it's different, I guess, in fighting games because it's like, in a way, you still kind of have to execute, right? Like, you still got to learn the matchups. You still got to learn, you know, how to... The execution in order to do things. Whereas in card games, you know, there's less of a barrier like that. You know, it's more... It's more RNG-based, and it's just like, okay, well, let me copy and paste this deck. I'll make this deck, and it's pretty much just like, it's almost like a flow chart in a way, right? Like, you're like, oh yeah. okay, well, if, if I get these cards to start, you know, I'm, I'm on my path to doing what I need to do to get my win condition. And, you know, it's pretty pretty kind of cut and dry, kind of straightforward with that. And I don't know, maybe that's why, that's why it kind of eats at me, because it's just like, for me, I, I just, I don't know. I think, so to me, I, I feel like that just kind of takes away the enjoyment of the game. Uh, for me personally yeah i get you i i thought that too for a little
2: bit with runeterra where i was like this is just mechanic like i because i played an aggro deck in in runeterra and all i did was just you know i i played to the curve every time and just said okay i'm going to uh play this card and then i I look at my hand i have this card that fits really nicely has just the right amount of mana so i'll just play these over and over again i'll swarm the deck and i'll win that's my win condition right but (laughs) After I, I watched Rick play Runeterra and what he did is he actually held back very regularly and, and was like, I don't want to play optimal at all times because he might have this card that counters it. He might have this card. And I've noticed that the that the flow chart breaks down against good defense. In, in fighting games, the flow chart breaks down against good defense. My vortex doesn't work if I can't knock them down. And it's like that for card games too, where it's like, I, if you know... If you know what cards are in rotation at that time, or what cards are popular in that deck, then you can play yeah. around those and not take as big risks and play mechanical and flowcharty, right? Yeah. Um, and that to me is the neutral of the card game, where you're like you're thinking about what button he might press and in what what whether or not Honda's is going to hit that forward roundhouse at that range, or if he's going to dash Ocho instead. You know, you're yeah. thinking about those options, but you're not necessarily reacting to them because you're like you have all the options in your hand, but you're not going to play them because you want to see what they have instead i don't know it's good shit it's, it's some cool stuff there's a lot of parallels <laughs>
1: yeah no no i see what you're saying because like that's also that's probably my second most aggravating thing to play against is somebody that plays super aggro and just you know face 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 and has real kind of like yeah uh small minions and like it's it's a tough thing to deal with in in card games especially with certain classes so like um Again, like, I find ways to try to counter that. Like, so, you know, whereas I might have a deck that does, you know, works a certain way. If I, you know, if I run into an aggro deck and it just kind of rolls me over and I'm just like, okay, what can I use to counter that? You know, whether it's some kind of, like, AOE attack or something, you know, kind of to clear the board. And, like, you know, I get get to the point to where, uh, like you said with Rick, I start playing in that kind of, like, reactionary or kind of, like, reserve style because I'm, like okay they have whatever 4 minions on the board i can clear it right now but you know what you know what happens if they have more right then i don't i don't have that i don't have that same uh, ability to clear you know two more minions that come on the board right so i'll hold off and be like okay well this turn isn't going to kill me let me see what they do next turn then all of a sudden it's just like they got kind of empty their hand and i'm like oh this is perfect clear everything and i'm just like okay now i got all the momentum now i can now i can win because literally they you know they they yeah. threw their hand out there and they, they have nothing to, to play anymore
2: it's a bait in, in fighting yeah. games it's it's a bait to get them to burn all their meter right um yeah they're like hey I, hey i think this this dpf is coming and i know you have two bars i want to take those two bars <laughs> and someone's gonna sit there and block it right oh man yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, there's so many parallels there, and it got me thinking when when he brought up League of Legends earlier, and I was like, hmm. There's 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 also the side of like character selection as far as the top tier stuff that he was talking about, where, like with card games, again, like you can you can usually fit a fit a mold. Do you want to play control? Do you want to play combo? Do you want to play uh, aggro? Or you know another like a, a couple gimmick decks out there in Runeterra at least, and. Um, what you do and eventually is you just find the best version of that. So like for me, like for when I played Runeterra, it was like, okay, aggro is really good with, uh, shit. I don't remember with, with yordles. Like they, they, they really see this expansion was just, was just a bunch of little minions, right? Kind of like what you were describing earlier. So I'm like, okay, uh, I like to play aggro. I was playing this other discard aggro earlier, but I'll just, I'll play these little minions aggro, aggro instead. Cause I know I want to play aggro, but I don't, necessarily need to pigeonhole myself to a specific deck or a specific like i, I just know spiritually what style i want to play as and i pick the character that's the best in that way um yeah. in street fighter 5 right now like there and in most fighting games this is usually a tier list right and the, the top tier characters the best fighting games at least are the are the ones where the top tier characters represent a series of different styles and then you can choose to play those styles and if you want to play if you want to play competitively, you just pick those styles at the top tier. So, an example would be Dalsam, who uh, is like why play Minot right now when you can play Dalsam because they they fundamentally do the same thing. Uh it's just that Dalsam is better right now. Or Shodos are a classic example where it's why play uh Ryu right now when Luke is in the game. Uh you can play Luke. You can still play the way you want to play, but yeah. um you have you, you just just pick the best version of the way you want to play, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, was the the thing I was laughing about, I was thinking about um, one of the the recent changes they made to Hearthstone is because um, there's a lot of a lot of certain cards that that certain classes need, right? That yeah, you know, for a specific you know class specific things where it's just like I need this card to activate and continue you know continue what I want to do. Yes, like, like basically re-
2: cards that just have to be in your deck, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. so. One thing that they there was a card that they put in. I think they recently nerfed it. Um, I forgot what the name of it was, but basically what it does is you play it, and it and it randomly chooses three cards from the opponent for you to take, and then you swap with three random cards in your hand. So it's one of those things like you know, All so random. it's just like yeah, exactly. And it's just like I typically hate RG in in those in in the games, right? Like when it's you know you just lose to stuff like that. It's frustrating, right? But mm-hmm. I'm a particularly lucky lucky person when it comes to shit like that. So <laughs> you playing kinda, and
2: hard stuff. <laughs> yeah, it kind of
1: it plays into my hands because there's been times where like it's been both ways. Like I've been on the offensive and I'll be like, all right, he has four cards in his hand. I'm pretty sure he has this. Let me let me see if I can get three of those four. You know, three or one of the one of those cards to be the, the three that I need, right? And sure enough, it gets displayed, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take that. Because there was one game, like yeah, I did that. I took I took the one card that was his win condition right and then he turned the tables on me and he had i think he had two copies of that same card and you're not he used a different card to like copy it and again i had i had i think i had five cards in my hand at the time and he was basically trying to snatch it back from me right and he did it twice the first time i was just like oh he didn't get the one that he needs and he played it again and the second time he didn't get what he needs And I just started laughing because I was like, oh, man, what 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 luck is this? Right. Like (laughs) if he had taken it back, I was going to lose. And I remember like he messaged me and he was just like, he's like, what the hell was that? Just like, You have the craziest luck ever. Like, you know, because, you know, two times for you to, to to potentially grab that card out of my hand and he didn't do it. And I was just like, I think it's the craziest thing. Like it kind of frustrates the hell out of me. Like when people play it against me, but then it's like one of those things, like everybody's doing it. So I'm like, well, you know what? This kind of, this is just a random thing. So I play it too, just for the hell of it. I, I, I think that
2: actually plays a lot into the theme of this podcast where like, if you have a deck or somebody else who's playing extra mechanically in a, in a fighting game, um, and actually, even on the, on the video feed that we have right now, we just ha- saw a match between Mr. SNK and Ernest, who's <laughs> kind of a good example of that, where earlier, Mr. SNK knocks Crazy EX down and then ultraed him on, on Crazy EX's wake up, just threw the ultra out there. And it's, it's that, where you are, you, the mechanicalness, you throw, you throw a wrench into that. You, you put that RNG out there because that's going to fuck up any like, plan that they have. And it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter, like what the result is. You're just an agent of chaos and you're deliberately trying to knock them off kilter, right? <laughs> that's, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, <laughs> another thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, the project
1: L trailer dropped recently or like a dev blog for it. And did you get a chance to watch that? Oh no, that's actually, actually, that's a good reminder. Cause I usually try to reserve like watching that kind of stuff and then me and G will watch it and then I'll be like, you know, we'll kind of like re- kind of talk about it afterwards. Uh, okay. so I haven't I haven't looked at it yet. I saw some of the discussion you guys had, and I was like, oh let me scroll away from this. <laughs> uh, fair enough, no spoilers then. I will not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah, it's it. I I just like, all the riot stuff is on my mind since we talked about Runeterra, League of Legends, and now Project L
1: All in one one show here. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, i will probably gonna watch it when I'm eating dinner now because I could I could smell food, so I'm like
2: <laughs> oh, nice. You're salivating at the thought of more fighting games, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, another thing is like, so the closed beta is happening for Street Fighter 6 too. Uh, mm-hmm. And the game awards are coming up on this weekend, if I recall correctly. And I think yep. there's going to be Tekken 8 there. Uh, at, Tekken 8 is guaranteed, maybe Street Fighter. And it sounds like Mortal Kombat's not confirmed at all. But um, are there any oh.
1: any particular fighting games that you're interested in hearing about in the next month or so? Uh I mean Tekken 8 kind of interests me. Not like not as much as uh, Street Fighter Six. Uh Project L I've been kind of keeping tabs on just because it's like I don't have any real attachment to the to the characters. So like when it comes to like roster or anything like that, like you know, to me it, you know, it's brand new, brand new, brand new fighting game, brand new roster. Like I know some people are just like, oh well, I want this character because I play them in League of Legends or whatever. And like me, I don't have any attachment to anybody. So I'm just like I'm literally kind of just gonna go in with a kind of blank slate. To look at who who I think looks cool like aesthetically and then like moveset wise and I'm just going to kind of go from there. I get you. I are you are you going to do that for Street Fighter 6 as well? No I, Street Fighter 6 I'm kind of dead set on, on playing Honda Honda and Sim to start. I don't know I still want to see what Ed, Ed brings to the table. Um, I feel like I don't know the, the more I was like playing the beta I felt like things were a little bit more um complicated than i initially uh, was given the game so at first i thought you know um the whole the drive rush the drive impact and all that stuff i was like okay well this is i could probably translate all this to the multiple characters um that might still be something i do but i mean it's really going to depend on my time Uh, i might just end up going back to just being a character specialist just just for lack of time and just kind of i don't want to you know jack of all trades kind of thing just be like oh okay well you know, I'm whatever D tier with three characters versus kind of being like, you know, C B T B tier with like one. Got it.
2: That's, that's actually one of the questions I wanted to ask Nico before he left. And maybe I can ask you as well, since you guys have that in common, but like, so Honda sucks in four
1: and you guys have established that. So why did you stick with him? Uh, It was just familiarity for me, man. Like I played Honda in, in street fighter two and -hmm. then like, you know, for four, it's just like, like I said, I've never been the type of person that kind of just conformed. Like, I didn't, you know, I never bothered to look up, like, who's the best. It's just like, this is who I want to play. And, like, you know, it, it was tough going, you know, taking that road and kind of, like, learning, like, the deficiencies in, like, certain matchups. And just like, man, he absolutely sucks against Gokin. Like, you know, um, as much, as bad as the matchups were against, like, Ryu and Sagat and Vanilla and uh, just, you know, just Shoto's in general. Like for me, it was one of those things where it's like so many people played those characters that even though on paper, the matchup's stuff, like I was comfortable in those matchups enough that I'm just like, okay, you want to pick Ryu? Like, okay, then, you know, I feel like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on even footing just because of my experience, like playing against that character so much. I get you. Okay. Okay.
2: And I, I guess I'll save that question for Nico the next time we have him <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah, well, it's good good times. Yeah, this is a good show. Uh, Again, this is an interesting format in that maybe we should try this again where like if the guest leaves. I don't know. The guests are always usually have so much fun like that. They want to stick around. They want to go longer. So I'm not sure if it'd be right to kick them off in the future. But maybe like it's kind of like I think Jon Stewart's podcast does this, too, where like he'll do an interview and then afterwards he'll get the last word, so to speak, and like talk with his staff about it and kind of react to it um, and kind of present it. And like, here's what I thought about that conversation. And so this is kind of a fun thing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should experiment with that format sometime too. Yeah, we'll Um, have to see. Yeah, well, cool. Uh, I guess we'll call it here then. Uh, So the uh, outro that we've got here Let me pull that up because I'm always reading from this script here. Uh, You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Spiral Series, YouTube at youtube.com slash Spiral Series, and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Absolute Guard. Uh, To all of you watching and listening, we do appreciate you liking and subscribing. That part is extra mechanical. I am definitely saying that. So, Benny, do you want to throw a wrench in it and be
1: random here? Oh man, no no we're good man like you we're know good. where to find this <laughs> yeah pretty much and
2: like we have that twitter going right now but man we picked an interesting time to, to to get into twitter so maybe instagram is the next spot for us to go i don't know we'll figure that out but <laughs> yeah we'll see cool cool all right well have a good night everybody yep